We're back. We're back. We are back with another brand new episode of Gumbo Nights. What's up, y'all? I'm your host, Miss Handy. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you so much for joining us. And if you are a returning listener, well, welcome back, y'all. This is episode 49, and in this episode, I'm talking to our special guest, Rob Greenlee, and our conversation is all about the subject of podcasting. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, or if you are simply curious about what is happening in the world of podcasting, well, you are definitely in the right place. But before I switch over to that conversation, allow me to take a really short pause for the cause and join me right back here and we'll get all up in it. Thank you all for joining us for another conversation. Today, as I mentioned in the intro, we are speaking with Rob Greenlee. And Rob has what I'm going to call the pleasure of working in podcasting on both sides. He works in it as an executive, as a vice president, and then he also has his own podcast. So Rob, first of all, thank you for joining us as a guest on Gumbo Nights. Well, thank you so much, Pamela, for having me on your on your podcast. It's my my honor to join you on this, and love to to talk with you further about podcasting or whatever you want to talk about. Okay, well, I definitely appreciate that. So, <laughs> I've shared a little bit about your background, but what led you to pursue a career in the world of podcasting? Well, it's a long journey. I started on the radio back in 1999. I just walked into a radio station in Seattle and started doing a a radio show about the growth and development of the World Wide Web and the Internet in the early days of, you know, towards the tail end of the dot-com collapse. Uh, There was a lot of interest in what was happening with digital technology and what was happening with the Internet and and the growth of the, the web and how people were putting content out there and how things were moving towards wireless technology. So that's what I started doing a show about. Uh, did that for about six years. Uh, took that show out uh, and to make it a podcast in 2004. So that's that's when I jumped into the podcasting space. It, it wasn't a big shift for me because I was already doing a lot of streaming. I was also making my show available as an MP3 download off my website back in 99. So you know, podcasting was just another avenue of distributing my show. So, and as, and then in 2005, when Apple decided to add podcasts, it kind of took on its, you know, whole new life. Um, Apple was supporting it. The iPod was starting to play podcasts. And, and so I got sucked up into that world. And then I started uh, building a career around doing this after I had spent time building the audience for a radio show that was distributed digitally, uh, which was very early in that um, development for radio as well as uh, a lot of online content creators. So um, started doing it on the side. I was working full-time for technology startup companies back in that time frame as well in various capacities and and um, 
this was just kind of like a hobby that I was doing. And then over time, I did it for six years and just grew and grew and grew and took the, the radio show out to about 15 broadcast radio stations uh, via satellite distribution and then got the show up for two years on the XM satellite radio network for a couple of years too in a partnership with a company called CNET Radio out of San Francisco. So that's how I got into this. And then I started working on platforms uh, as I moved more into the kind of the technology side and the development of platforms to distribute uh, podcast content on mobile devices and, 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 and online and more of an organizational uh, uh, kind of structure around content catalogs and those kind of things on mobile devices and then spent six years working for Microsoft on uh, the Zoom podcasting platform, which was uh, very early in the medium. It started like in 2007 or so to compete directly with the Apple iPod. So that was a project that Microsoft started um, to build a music platform to compete with um, Apple. And so I was in charge of the podcast portion of that at Microsoft and was there for six years and uh, built built that content catalog. And then eventually it rolled into uh, being a part of Xbox. So was part of Xbox for a few years and then started working more and more with Windows Phone and Windows Mobile and taking that content, podcast content out to that environment. And then uh, also working the, the Windows Media Center for the video podcast part because there is video podcasts that have been around podcasting for a long time it's really the same thing as audio it's just you're distributing a video file versus an audio file so and that's what the podcast i do today the the new media show is also a video and audio podcast so you can see the show in apple podcasts as well as listen to it so it's an option (laughs) so one quick question i have based on what you just said in your opinion, because you've had a lot of experience doing this, right. is the platform where you can have video added to it, is that more popular or more appealing in some way than just having the audio? Well, in the early days of the podcasting medium, and this is back in the, the earlier part of the 2000s, uh, it was about 30% of the podcasting market was video podcasting. A lot of, a lot of the bigger media companies were putting out um Recordings of their on-air broadcasts, uh, like uh, see it, um, CBS and ABC and Showtime, and those the platforms were putting out video versions of their content uh, back in those days. And then that was about the time frame, 2007, 2008 is when YouTube launched, and then everybody started shifting all their content over to YouTube um on the video side so you start to saw you know you saw youtube explode and then also you know twitter twitter actually came out of being a podcasting company when they um when they first organized they prior to twitter they had a platform called odeo and odeo was a audio podcast distribution kind of website and so that's how twitter started was as a podcasting company oh. uh, back in the early days and then they sold off all the assets for Odeo that then funded the development of Twitter that we see today. Wow. So, so I learned so, something new. I had no idea that yeah, that's where Twitter yeah. came from. So other other companies in the podcasting space in the early days uh, basically acquired all the assets of Odeo from Twitter. And so that's kind of the path. Podcasting and social media have had kind of a collision path if you look at um, the timeline of podcasting 
a lot of social media got a lot of attention uh, from 2007 to 2010 that kind of that was like a lull period for podcasting too and its perception because everybody was so focused on social media and podcasting wasn't seen as a social media phenomenon mm-hmm. so um, so it lost some of its luster and it happened also align with uh, you know an economic decline during that time frame as well um, the mortgage crisis and things so there was a lot of pullback from advertising and things like that that went on that caused a little bit of a decline in the podcast perception market but podcasting continued to grow through all those years and continues to grow the last three or four years we've seen higher percentage growth of the podcasting market uh, from the content side and the listening side faster than we have seen in the longer history of podcasting so it's instead of growing two or three percent a year it's been growing like four to five percent a year wow wow so as as obviously you're an expert in the industry i want to ask you a little bit about leadership so you know we've been hearing a lot of conversations and a lot of publicity surrounded by leadership things that they have said are coming out in the media so one thing I'm curious about as we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, I'm not that familiar with the podcasting world, so I don't know what it's like in terms of diversity, but as a leader, even with within Lipson or other companies and organizations that you have been a part of, what are some things that maybe you have done to advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion yeah. and share with us what some of those things were? Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about that because I, I think it's it's been a journey for the podcasting medium um, over the last 15 years uh, that uh, those of us in the medium that have been very supportive of the medium, have evangelized the medium, have really wanted to see the growth of the expansion of the demographics of podcasting. Uh, more women involved in the medium uh, from a content creator perspective. We were always welcoming and encouraging more women to get into the medium and then and then subsequently after that we started to see more um, uh, more diversity come into the medium from other uh, races and other you know um, orientations as the medium has grown internationally too so you've seen kind of like a a, a multifaceted growth um, direction for for the medium of inclusion and and um diversity of content that's being produced diversity of of um, content creators as and then when we saw that start to develop we started to see growth on the listener side of the diversity as well so you're you're seeing that that, that happen um i i do acknowledge that over the last year or so i think that there's been a heightened um i guess a um movement and desire and from a societal perspective to grow that diversity and that representation much faster and i think that's that's what we've seen happen and at the, but at the end of the day it's it's um it's creating an environment that's welcoming mm-hmm. and it's creating an environment that's um that is representative but then encourages others to jump in and i think we we saw that happen uh i think early on with clubhouse I'm also, I was one of, I I was the founding chairperson of the Podcast Academy, which is uh, an organization that was formed over the last year to kind of create an awards um, 
organization to reward excellence in podcasting. And one of the big things that we've done with that organization is that we started out from a representation and inclusion orientation in the formation of that organization. So the the vast majority of the governing board members are women. Um, we've uh, over the last six months we've we've um, added more more diversity to the board of governors and thus put put forth a real strong positioning out there to encourage membership that's much more diverse and to encourage content creators from all levels whether to do events doing activities uh, from all sectors and all parts of the of the society um, and encourage those to participate and I think we're we're really seeing that bear bear fruit and getting getting a lot more uh, representation from every every ethnic and racial transgender community um, involved in the medium and it's really creating a very vibrant podcasting medium that's really uh, I think accomplishing those those goals which is what we've really always wanted I, I acknowledge that when the medium started it was a lot of white guys um, and that was just because that's who was appealing um, the medium was appealing to because it, it was a very um, technology heavy type of a medium right but then as it's gotten easier for people to publish content to get involved in creating content in the medium it's been much more welcoming to a much broader demographic well i, I wish my audience could see us because i'm smiling because i'm so happy to hear that because obviously as a woman and as a black woman you know i am just naturally interested in in yeah. diversity so to hear that not only on the podcaster side, those of us who host, we're getting more into it, and as well as the listenership, I love that because it, you know we're moving in in a good direction. Right. Well, I'm a firm firm believer, and I've had this position for a couple of years now that women are going to ultimately uh, dominate podcasting. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's, it's it's definitely um, <laughs> on that trajectory already. So I I, I acknowledge because. This medium is very native to to how women communicate and their strengths. And I'm not trying to stereotype it, but but it, it just it feels like it's very much a a medium that it, it really dovetails well to 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 women and how they think about communication and social interaction. And I think what's really been interesting is seeing Clubhouse kind of evolve around this audio, um, thing, especially around live. Um, but podcasting and clubhouse, um, we're still figuring that one out. So, but, but, you know, you look at clubhouse and you see a lot of diversity that community started basically fundamentally as a very diverse, um, ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So you all who are listening, I didn't pay Rob to say that he said that on his own. So it's (laughs) it's been, it's been my own experience and what I've been trying to encourage in the medium too, because, because I think what, what it does is it brings, um, more economic opportunity to everyone involved in the in, in the medium, and then also just brings just so much more depth to the content um, that's available in the platform too. And we get more voices involved, and and this medium is an open medium. It's it's built on open RSS standards, so it isn't built primarily around proprietary platforms. Though there are provi- there are proprietary companies involved in podcasting. You know, you look at the big tech companies, but. Um, at the core of the medium, though, is still an open um, platform for 
produce content. And and if you publish an RSS feed off your website, really nobody can take you down. So it's it's really a platform that is really encouraging free speech. Um, now, granted, there's free speech comes with a certain amount of uh, responsibility. Yes. Um, so <laughs> it's it's not as simple as that, but nonetheless, it's it's much more free speech oriented than really pretty much any other medium out there. So you mentioned Clubhouse a couple of times since we've been talking. And I know maybe a lot of my listeners may not actually be a part of Clubhouse, um, just choosing not to be. And then, of course, it's not at the point now where it's open to everyone. Right now, you have to have an Apple device. But so that is actually where I found out about you. And there are some awesome rooms in Clubhouse. So I just wanted to ask you, what do you think is the reason behind the popularity of Clubhouse? Because as you said, podcasting, the audio, just listening has been around for a long time. 16 years, yeah. Right. So what's what's so special about Clubhouse, the version, their version of doing it that you think is appealing to people? Well, I think it's, it's another element of um, social interaction. You know, I mean, a lot of people have labeled what's going on there as social audio. So you think about social media, um, and that tends to be more visual and textual based. Um, now, granted, the social media platforms have moved pretty aggressively into video, but they have not been supportive of just straight audio, which is which has been an interesting struggle that the podcasting medium has had for many years with uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I know many of us on the technology side in the podcasting medium have tried to work with them to help them, you know, encourage them to have a podcast component to their platforms, but they've resisted. Um, so, so the the audio piece is is an important piece because especially nowadays with what's happening with the pandemic people are isolated more people are at home on their devices um you know having a a way for people to connect to each other um though they can do that through zoom or they can do it through hangouts like we are um it hasn't been a real open kind of interactive type of uh, access right where where I believe Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces, and I think we're going to see more of them happen, is is more of an open platform uh, for people to come together to talk about topics, uh, create big events um, that can be more timely. Uh, Since it's live, it's real-time, that offers a different dynamic than podcasting. Podcasting is typically time-shifted content, pre-recorded, um, you know, the concept of a live podcast isn't really something that's that's really part of podcasting. It's it's like it's just live audio or live video. Uh, it's not really technically a there isn't such thing as a live podcast. Uh, podcasting at its core is usually pre-recorded, downloadable content, right? So so this podcasting has a place. Live has a place. And the community aspect of it is what really is what we're seeing happen. And the importance of audio nowadays is becoming more and more a highlight, right? So we start thinking about these smart speaker platforms um, put out by by Google, the Google Home platform, the, the Amazon platform. Um, even Apple has the 
devices. Video is going to have a piece there. Written is always going to have a piece there. But how we interact with this, I mean, I, I think a really good example of this is Amazon came out with um, prescription eyeglasses that have that smart speaker technology built into the eyeglasses. Oh, wow. So, so I don't know if you've seen this or not, but you can see how that could become a personal listening experience right there that you yes. wear on your... And then eventually there will be kind of like augmented reality experiences through the, the lenses, I think, in those devices at some point. But that's where we're starting now. Um, and audio is a big part of that, right? So you're going to be able to tell your glasses <laughs> to, to play different kinds of content, right? So spoken word is becoming very primary to how we interface with our... I mean, I can I can talk to my watch now. Right. You know, I, can, I can ask the little smart agent in here to do a search for me on my, you know, so voice is starting to control more of our computing experiences. And that dovetails right along with Clubhouse. It dovetails along with podcast listening. You know, it's becoming more and more convenient. I can just use my ear pods and listen anywhere. So audio is becoming primary to how people are consuming digital content these days. Wow. So that being said, I want to ask you, how much do you think the the pandemic contributed to the popularity of podcasting? And I was also going to say the detracted from it, but I don't think that's the case. It's actually added to it. So what kind of role do you think that that played? I think it accelerated um, the the adoption of podcasting. Um, I'm not seeing a huge growth in the 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 numbers of listeners to podcasts. I mean, it's it's been following the same pattern. I think where we saw the big growth is the, the amount of people that were willing to come in and create a uh, create content. Okay. Uh, so here, from when the pandemic started to even today, we've seen about between eighty and a hundred hundred thousand new podcasts every month. A Which month. prior to prior to the pandemic. Uh, we were looking at maybe about twenty to twenty-five thousand new shows wow. coming into the medium every month. Uh, now it's over a hundred thousand. So there's a lot of growth on the content creation side. That's not necessarily massive growth in the listening or in the um, like I say the content. Really, at the, the the core of the content creation side is not growing as fast as the number of shows so you're having a lot of shows start but not a lot of shows continue okay. so if you okay. if, so there's a lot of tire kicking going on yeah, uh, with, yeah with podcasting and a lot of that's happening off of anchor um you know there's a lot of people getting because it's so easy to start a podcast yes but people find out that it's it's a little harder to find success with it it's yes. a little harder to keep it going because <laughs> creating content is not always easy um it, it takes work it takes you know it's like starting a, a business right um, right it takes a lot of effort a lot of people have other jobs they're doing they have family life and so people launch a show but they stop doing it after a couple of episodes and i think that's what we've yes. seen happen over the last few months is that people are home and there's an opportunity to do something and whether or not they stick with it is the mm-hmm. question mark so I'm glad that you brought that up because of course as I'm I've been doing this for a little over two yeah. years and yeah. I saw the same thing that you're seeing and you're seeing it more deeply than I am but 
over the past year, of course, seeing all these new podcasts and people are still talking about, I want to launch a podcast, people that you never thought would even want to talk in front of people. So I'm wondering, and I've been thinking about this, I'm, I'm like, is the world of podcasting, is it oversaturated? What do you think about that? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's oversaturated, though. I think that, that there is a, a process that people are trying it. And some people are, you know, naturally, you know, attracted to it. Some people have natural ability that can make it work for them. Their life circumstances make it uh, align with their other goals that they have. So, so I think that you know, I think it just depends. Um, if I look at the history of the medium, it's grown. You know, I think about at the pace that I would expect it to. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't think that there's anything um, unnatural or out of alignment with the the steady growth of the medium that I've seen over the last 16 years. It's just that we just had a lot of people come through and tire kick it. And they self-filtered themselves out of being a regular content creator. And granted, that could attract people to listen to it more because they're they're aware of the existence of podcasting. And and as long as we can have steady, every year we see steady 5-6% growth um, every year, the, the medium will be fine. I'm not, you know, it's creating balance, right? Okay. You know, if you're going to create content, you need to have listeners, right? So exactly. as long as we can keep that in balance, and I think that there's a natural e- equilibrium that's struck. If a show doesn't pick up audience, then they typically stop producing, right? right. So you you have this balance that's created in the medium, and, and uh, that's what's been going on for the last 16 years. Now, so you talked about tire kicking, because that's something that I've noticed too, especially again, in the past year, you know, a lot of social media clubs have been formed about podcasting. And these are things that they may have been in place when I first started two years ago, but if they were, I wasn't a part of it and just wasn't knowledgeable about it. But after joining some of these clubs during the pandemic, what I noticed is a lot of new podcasters or those that are thinking about getting into it asking questions like how do I increase my followers or I mean expressing this kind of desperate anxiety for becoming getting to the top when you're just getting into it so it goes back to what you're saying about that tire kicking like wanting to find that magic answer what's your key to success how how long should my podcast be instead of just just try something and see what works right right yeah I, I mean there has been also an explosion with the amount of new shows there's been an explosion in people wanting to educate uh podcasters on how to be successful uh in in podcasting and we're seeing that you know the the, the various uh organizations that have formed that um, can help you you know in various aspects of your podcast right they can give you ideas they can do the production for you they can they can um, help you monetize your show they can sell advertising into your show there's just a lot of companies that have been started and a lot of consultants and a lot of people that have been trying to be supportive of podcasters because podcasters want to find success and they they want to find a a way to make revenue from what they're doing and then but also they don't have all the skills right so there's there's an educational component that's always been part of the medium but i think over the last couple years it's really kind of exploded 
uh, just so many uh, organizations and people wanting to um, sell services to either market a podcast or help produce it or whatever and that's created a whole whole new industry somewhat and um and some of those consultants and some of those services are good and some of them are not so good <laughs> so you can you can kind of uh, it's like anything else right um you can find good consultants and you can find ones that don't know what they're doing um so you just buyer beware on that side uh and go with uh, names that have a have a reputation that um you know also you know people that have had a podcast i mean i think that there's consultants out there that want to offer their services but they're not actually doing podcasting themselves so um, it's 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 one of those things that you just have to be smart about it and and also get really clear on what you're trying to accomplish too and i think that's the key thing is that um not everybody needs to make money from advertising in their podcast. You know, monetization isn't the only reason to do a podcast. Um, um, so th- there's other bets that you can get out of doing one. So it's not always about making direct money from your podcast. So I'm glad that you're going down this road. So I wanted to find out, is there anything other than what you've mentioned that you have discovered about podcasting that most people don't know. And I'm talking about this from your executive side, as well as you as a actual podcast host. What's something that you might have discovered that that those of us who do this or are thinking about doing it don't know, but we should know? Well, I think the big thing is is understanding your role that you have uh, being a podcast host and in that that responsibility I guess um, to think about um, being being a leader um, in whatever that you're doing uh, whatever topic that you're covering uh, being a good um, steward to your community um, there's been things that have come out over the last couple of days some articles that have come out about the importance of personality in podcasting and bringing your um, your true authentic uh, personality to your podcast that will hopefully that personality that you've developed or you can develop will connect with other people right so you know that's the key is the connections that you as a host are creating with your audience right and, and that that role that you have in that relationship is a pretty powerful role if you start building you know I've known many podcast hosts that started and they, they just had no idea the impact that they were going to have on people's lives yes. based on what they were doing and maybe early on they didn't really un- understand the the gravity of what that potential was um, and, and being able to treat that responsibility um, in the appropriate way is something that you you know you learn over time and you get feedback from your audience and you inter- interact with uh, people that are following you and you know you, you do have a role to play in other people's lives that are listening to you I mean even a podcast that has a hundred listeners you know um, how many of us get in front of a hundred people once a week and present right? right so so I mean it's it's one of those things that it's important people are looking to you to to share ideas entertain them 
whatever that is that you bring to their lives, they've been attracted to you, and you have a a, a responsibility in that relationship. And the, I believe the listener has a responsibility too. But but it's 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 the interaction is what really matters, and I I think that's what's interesting about Clubhouse is is that that platform enables that more than we've seen up to this point with podcasting yes and so blending those worlds together somehow i think is is magic to what is possible from the uh, the personal interaction opportunity and the personal connection that exists with this medium with people well yeah. thank you so much that that is information that's very helpful for me because when i started doing this it was just a hobby and wanted to get my mind off of some stuff that I didn't think I should be thinking about. I had better use of my time. And in doing this, just like you said, now I have developed this platform where I can share things that I think are for the betterment because I do take this seriously. It is a responsibility, and I want to help people to grow in ways that maybe they never even imagined that they could. So thank you for sharing that. There is a need for bringing good to the world now more than ever. Oh right? yes, absolutely. Um, you know, there's so much discord that's negative now, and people are are fighting with each other and not getting along. And um, this this meeting was an opportunity to to hopefully change some of that. And, yes. Um, and you know, it can contribute to it too. So it can go however way you want to take it <laughs> exactly so i'm choosing right. i'm choosing the good rob on, on, right. on this I podcast tell. i can tell yeah, what yeah is, i do too so why, yeah so that's why i was connected to you what is the difference in your opinion between fans and followers in terms of social media well fans um i, I don't know i have mixed feelings about the term fans i think um I think that that somewhat downplays the significance of those people that are connected with you. Uh, I think followers also probably downplays it a little bit. Um, I do think that the transition of the medium from subscribers to followers is a little bit of a step back in people's perceptions. And what I mean by perceptions is that um, most people think of subscribe as a commitment, right? So you've said, you know, I'm going to subscribe to this. This is something that I, I, I expect to consume and get. Um, now, granted, people have oftentimes linked that up with a monetary connection with that, too. So I believe that that's why in a lot of ways we're seeing the industry pull back from subscription is that I think some in the medium would like us to shift subscribe to become a monetary connection okay. right? with a piece of, with a content provider. Um, and so follow tends to be a little bit of a, of a less significant connection, right? Okay. So, so it's, it's like, okay, I'll follow this person. But am I really committed to engaging with that? Yes. Is the question that I, I I raise as I see this industry move towards follow, which is more of a social media paradigm. Um, so how do we get that commitment? How do we get that connection? Uh, that's that's what um, hopefully we can convert follow to mean more something. Uh, 
significant um, as far as people connecting with each other. Um, I'm not sure what that term would be, but <laughs> it doesn't feel as committed. Um, well, you said, like, you know, friend is definitely more committed. Yes. You said something that really just lit a light bulb off in me because in my day job, I work to improve engagement. And so, you know, as a podcast host and just even watching other people in their platforms, sometimes engagement is high, sometimes it's low. Even if a person has thousands of followers. So in your opinion, how important is engagement if we are trying to build a personal brand or even a professional brand? Is it important? Yeah, I think engagement is everything. Um, I think over time, what we'll find is that engagement is what people care about, not um, audience. Yes. I think that the, 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 the radio industry likes to push podcasting towards the direction of, well, I want to know how many listeners I have, right? Right. Well, what a, what a, a, a smart advertiser wants or what a smart podcaster wants is engaged listeners. You know, what is an engaged listener? It's a listener that's interacting, not just listening, right? That's that's a deeper level of commitment, right? It's a deeper level of in, of connection. Yes. Uh, and and that should always be the goal that a podcaster has is trying to create deeper connections, and those deeper connections um, can become rather personal. They can become friendship-like. They can be, you know, I've also seen, especially in live programs, um, that there could be a community around a, a live program that the community talks to itself. Doesn't doesn't necessarily talk with the host, but talks amongst itself. So you're right. creating true community is what you are. When you get your audience talking to themselves and they come to listen to your podcast as an excuse for them getting together. <laughs> yes. Right? Not the not that you're the focus point, but you've been able to foster connections amongst right. your community that then use you as a conduit to reach those those connections. So um, I think those are the that's the kind of community that I I would like to strive towards. Well that's that's a a powerful thing then I mean I don't think of Clubhouse in that capacity too right right because you're you have the capacity to create and spawn other things that come as a result of and now these people are kind of like they have their own love group based off of this it came from this but it develops into something even bigger broader wider right and then you as the host of the show that brought them together is the is the glue that that holds those other connections together. Um, now, granted, they could spin off and go through their own thing away from you. And right. Oftentimes, that that happens. They, like members of the community will go off and create their own podcast. Yes. Right. And then they'll start siphoning off your audience over to their community. But but hopefully, what you've created is a dynamic that everybody is friends with each other and everybody wants to be with each other in that show and in this show so you're creating a a real magical dynamic between your your fan base and i guess that's where fans i guess come into the play is that they've it's a friend fan that's maybe that's that's a better term for it it's i like that i like that rob now (laughs) we've we've talked about 
you know, the pandemic, folks working from home, and I've had some time to work from home a lot over the past year, an opportunity that wasn't there before, and it's opened up a lot of creativity for me that I might not have experienced, at least at this point in my life. And so what has your experience been like working from home, and how long have you been doing it? What are some benefits, um, drawbacks about it for you? Yeah, I've been working from home since 2015. Um, I was working in Los Angeles uh, for a podcasting network called Podcast One. Um, I was working in the corporate office down there in Beverly Hills for for a year down there in Los Angeles. And so I've been in the office. And then prior to that, I was working from home. And, um, And then prior to that, I was working in the corporate offices at Xbox and Microsoft for for many years too. So I've been in both places. I've owned restaurants. I've owned, owned my own consulting business and, and owned other businesses too. But oh, wow. um, I've been wor- working from home for for many many years. So this is this is more kind of native to me than anything else. But I I have experienced that office, that corporate office <laughs> type of environment. The the open formats, you know, where you're all sitting in open. Uh, open tables and around all the other employees and things like that. So I've, I've done that. I've had my own office with a bar door and so <laughs> a little bit of everything. Okay. So, but I do like the, the the home office type of thing, and I've really invested in a studio in my office. Like you know, you can't see me in this, but I have studio lights. I have um, lots of monitors. I got lots of screens um, that I can. Um, produce I've got a teleprompter I've got high quality video cameras here and and so I I really fully embraced it I really tried to realize that I'm going to be spending a lot of time in my office now because of the pandemic okay prior to the pandemic I was doing a lot of traveling I was on the road speaking at podcasting conferences and events um, outside of the U.S. in the U.S. um, meeting with people in person uh, I was doing a lot of that. I was doing two to three weeks a month wow. traveling. Wow. So, um, you know, trying to grow and develop this medium. Uh, I'd go to Vegas or I'd go to New York or, or Los Angeles or whatever for various events. And, um, and as a way to reach podcasters and to connect with people, uh, to get them going with their with their shows or their networks or you know Google or Apple or any else I'd go visit them in their offices and, and um, you know I've done that for many years so I'm glad you talked about that in terms of going and seeing people and going and speaking at these conferences so in light of all that we have now with social media and clubhouse and I'm sure there's going to be lots more technological advances with these platforms how do you see that impacting that in-person experience that we're so accustomed to in terms of going to conferences and all of that? Because now we have other options to make it easier, cheaper to get to these, these folks that we want to hear from. Yeah. I think it's going to be a slow phase in phase back. Uh, and I don't think that we'll hundred percent get back to where we were. I don't anticipate um, as much travel in mm-hmm. the future myself. Okay. Uh, I think um, I think we've we've developed technology now. We've developed expectations. We've developed um, 
muscles that will enable us to not travel as much and 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 maybe that's maybe that's good in some maybe unpredictable ways maybe it's better for our our environment that we don't travel as much yes. uh from a pollution standpoint uh maybe it's better that uh that it's more efficient for home life that we do more things online uh less travel you know getting in ubers and you know burning gasoline and yes. on, on the road and it's expensive to travel it's expensive to stay in hotels it's expensive uh, it's stressful um though i am I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing parts of the world. I've been lucky. I've been able to travel a lot, so it isn't like I'm I'm missing out from doing traveling. I've definitely got it out of my bloodstream to some degree, but <laughs> but it's it's you know it is a lifestyle shift that's going going to happen, and I think we're all going to be pulled into a little bit of a different um, paradigm going forward. I don't think that any of us are going to be traveling as much. As we used to, I, I, I'm not an investor in the airlines. <laughs> um, I'm not an investor in hotels right now, so um, I don't anticipate those coming back as as strong as you look to the future. Well, it is like you saying you were saying it is something to think about because our switch from doing what we were used to doing it spills over into everything, and we don't often think about how it impacts all of these different you know, people, even from, you know, folks that are providing food and just, it impacts yeah. everything. So. Yeah. I, I, I'm hearing a lot of conversation about, you know, an economic reset of sorts or yes. a, a significant change. I don't know that we've completely come out of this yet to, to really fully see what the impacts are. Right. Um, right. so but you can start to see little glimpses of it, um, how people have changed their behavior. And I think what we've done is we've accelerated the digitization of our society and our culture. Uh, we probably fast forward in the last year, maybe 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you think about the growth of Amazon, you think about the growth of platforms like Zoom, what we're doing here. Um, you know, in the past, I would do in, in person interviews with podcasters. Um, so that's not happening now. So I think all of us have have learned new patterns of living, um, yes. and it's going to be hard to change those. You know, I, I, you know, change back. I guess that's it's going to take time. That's right? true. You're right. In some form or fashion, we've all had to do our own type of pivot. Right. To... And it's you know, once you've been in a pivot for a while, you get you know, it's a change. And it's hard to change back. That's true. It's going to take time. Now, what we haven't talked about yet, one thing, is, of course, you work for Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, for those who don't know. So, Libsyn is a podcast platform. What is unique about Libsyn? Because there are other options out there for us, but what's special about Libsyn? Why should we have our podcast on the Libsyn platform? Well, I think that the reasons for that are definitely growing right now. We are in the middle of launching a whole new uh, back-end publishing platform and tool that is modernized and and is a lot, you know, what, what I would say kind of cooler looking and, okay. and a little, little simpler to, to use. Um, 
Lipson has been around since 2004. It, it was the original uh, podcast hosting platform to ever exist in the world. Wow. Uh, so, so it basically created this medium uh, at the end of the day. Prior to that, I mean, I was a podcaster before Lipson. Uh, I was hand coding my RSS feeds, <laughs> okay. which was prone to a lot of errors. Um, <laughs> those feeds would, would break regularly because I, I would add the wrong characters to the, the descriptions in the, oh. in the XML code. Wow. Uh, and those feeds wouldn't work. So, you know, the, the automation that we've created now uh, with the podcast hosting platforms has really kind of made things a lot more reliable, more or uh well it's just easier to to use and and do um and it's created this environment of being able to have an industry or have a medium that, that has scaled to two million podcasts so um you know i think lipson has been a leader in driving that um it, you know for many years we're the the largest paid podcast hosting platform in the world so um because we offer a, a platform that's reliable and stable and has proven to host the, for many years, we host the, the Joe Rogan Experience podcast on our platform that was pulling in billions of downloads. So that, that basically hammered our network enough to <laughs> make sure that we can handle anything that a podcaster throws at us because uh, basically he had the most downloads of anybody in the history of podcasting. So, um, you know, he's now over with Spotify, but uh, which basically is, you know, given given a little bit more resources available to other podcasters now. So you could look at it from that perspective. But um, but as far as the the platform itself, it's the fastest delivery network um, in podcasting out there. There was uh, some some analysis done of all the hosting platforms, and Lipson came out, I believe, uh, one of two podcast hosting platforms that have the fastest delivery of mp3 files um so as you're thinking about the delivery of your show to spotify or to um google or now samsung um you know libsyn is going to provide you the most you know reliable and fast delivery of your content to your listeners so um i I say that's the biggest thing that the Lipson team is very connected to the podcast community uh there's four hall of famers uh podcast hall of famers of which i'm one of them um, that are on the team to help podcasters so we have a very strong support infrastructure we put on webinars and trainings to help podcasters and then we we lead the integrations with like platforms like uh like Samsung, so um, our, uh, Lipson and Blueberry were the two kind of uh, launch partners mm-hmm. for Samsung's entry into the podcasting medium, and we've done that with like Pandora, and we did it with, uh, to some degree, Spotify, and some, some of the other platforms that have come into the medium over the last few years. So we're, we're really pushing the envelope of pioneering the, the growth and development of the medium. So th- that would be probably probably one of the biggest reasons to work with us. And I'm certainly accessible. Um, you can certainly send me an email, robg at lipson.com, and happy to answer your question. I'm on, I'm doing podcasts myself, so I'm accessible. I can be reached on Twitter at Rob Greenlee. So, um, you know, I want to be a resource just like what I'm doing with your show. Well, I certainly appreciate all of the information that you share yeah. with us. It's been so helpful and enlightening for me, you know, as still, I still consider myself a new podcaster, even though I've been doing it for two mm-hmm. years 
any last things that you want to share in terms of your thoughts or Lipson's thoughts for where podcasting is going in the future in the next, say, three to five years? What can we expect? I think we're going to see massive expansion outside of the U.S. Um, And I think the other big part of the growth of this medium is going to happen on Android. So, you know, we've we've pretty much saturated the the Apple ecosystem, though the Apple uh, platform is continuing to still grow in the number of downloads that are passing through their 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 operating system and their platform. Um, but I, I believe Android, uh, Google, Spotify, uh, and now Samsung are going to play a key role in expanding the podcast listening outside of the U.S. just purely from one statistic and that would be um, the number of mobile phones that exist in the world uh, 80% of them are Android (laughs) oh I didn't know that so 20% of the global phones are iOS or Apple so we're saturated on Apple at about 60% of the market share of podcast consumption on Apple. Android is like probably in the 10%. Okay. So, so, uh, so you can see where the, the delta is there. I mean, it's hundreds of millions of mobile devices around the world still are not accessing podcasts yet. So that's, that's the huge growth side. So as an industry and as podcasters, we need to really uh, bring awareness to Android users that okay. this content medium is available on their phones, uh, that they can download an app to get access to it. There's a bunch of different apps that you can get for Android to listen to podcasts. Um, and then as we see Samsung roll out, we see Spotify push on this, um, you know, I think we're going to see it grow. And what are some of the most popular podcast, I'll call them genres, what are the popular categories that people are listening to the most? Yeah, I think some some research just came out on that here, and I believe it's uh, uh, oh, what is it comedy? I think is the number number one or number two. I think uh, culture uh, and society uh, is, is is up there. Um, but yeah, I think those are the two primary ones. I mean, now granted, every content category you can imagine falls underneath that. Okay. Uh, wh- whether it be um, uh, fictional content, uh, like I said, true crime is another one. Uh, I think fictional is kind of the up and coming area um, of the podcasting space that we're, we're going to see a lot more uh, movement in that direction, um, storytelling. It's, it's just an extension of the storytelling side of podcasting and you know, that's going to involve um, you know like radio drama type productions productions that have good sound depth and sound design and sound experiences um, th- th- that are going to come come to this medium and I do think that sound experience is a key concept here as you look to the future of podcasting sound depth sound quality sound um in various elements of life um we're going to see come back there used to be this phenomenon in the early days of podcasting around soundscapes or sound um 
travels type podcast, right? Where people would get out of the real world and actually record their podcasts on the trail. Oh. You know, and there's birds chirping in the background and and there's sound experiences that I I think we're going to see more of that come back again. Okay. There's uh, there's um, um, other types of audio um, production processes. Um, I think it's called bi- binaural, uh, which would be productions that uh, record their shows uh, like how humans listen, right? So they have microphones that have basically like ears on them. So. Oh. Um, that can be used as a way to produce content that is almost surround sound, oh, right? Wow. So you are able to hear the podcast the same way that a human listens to sound in their real world, right? Wow. So these microphones look kind of weird, but they're basically um, almost like uh, ears that are attached. So, so the sound comes in through microphones that are in little rubber ears in these microphones and so you can walk around this microphone and talk to it like you're you're experiencing that sound around you like you're listening to it like a regular human would so you know so there's going to be all sorts of developments in the 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 way audio is produced to create depth and experience uh, more and more well, that's pretty cool. And as someone that I, I tend to try to use my voice as a tool. So that's exciting for me to think about where things are going in terms of audio and that whole experience. Last question I have for you. Other than Gumbo Nights, what's your favorite podcast to listen to? Oh, my goodness. There's so many. I have a hard time even pointing to any any one of them because then I'm excluding someone else. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, so I, I mean, I'm on the, uh, the, the, the governing board for the Podcast Academy. I was the founding chairperson of the Podcast Academy, and we just had a, a slate of uh, podcasts that have been nominated for for awards and i would point people to that nomination list as a great place to find some some terrific content that's been vetted by experts in the podcasting space so if you wanted to go to um, thepodcastacademy.com and look up the nominees list you can come up with a a bunch of different podcasts from a bunch of the popular genres in podcasting and and uh you know poke around in there and see see if you find something that might be interesting to you there there, there's a lot of interesting productions there that are very very good to listen to but i want to also encourage indie podcasts out there too so find that interest area that you have in you in, in your life that you want to learn more about there's probably a podcast out there that will help you with that well, I will definitely be heading over to the website and checking out that list, Rob. Yeah. And so there you have it, folks. Rob has shared some important information. I'm sure some things that you were not aware of. I know I could say that myself. I learned a whole lot. This has been very fun to talk to you. And I really and truly appreciate you coming on Gumbo Nights. And I'm appreciative of Clubhouse because that's where I actually ran into you in one of those clubhouse rooms and you were gracious. All I did was ask you all and he said, yes, I will come on and share some information. So it's been very helpful for me. All right. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It was enjoyable. I love talking about this stuff and you 
asked some very good questions, so I think we had a good conversation here. Well, thank you so, so thank much, you. Rob, and you're welcome to come back on Gumbo Nights anytime, so right. don't be surprised if you hear from me again in the okay. near future. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That is it for this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Rob Greenleaf. If you are not yet following me on Instagram, well, why not? You can check me out over there under Miss Handy. If you and I are not connected yet on LinkedIn, guess what? I'm on LinkedIn as well under Tamala Handy. And lastly, if you are a Medium subscriber, I am on Medium as well. I've got tons of blogs and poetry that I would love for you to check out under Tamala Handy. As always, y'all, please continue to listen, like, comment, share, and subscribe. And whatever you do, please stay safe out there and join me right back here for the next episode.